week five of NFL football is here. Very excited. So is Mike. Uh, this Man. is stupid versus the spread. I should have come up and thought of a better intro. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so we got a couple topics we'll talk about before we get to the games. Uh, we came up with a few. I mean, we're going to do our coaching roundup and talk about who we think should get fired and who we hate uh, and all that good stuff. There were some revelations in quarterback play over the past couple of weeks. And I think of that, it's looking like certain individuals are not panning out. Uh, mainly those who were drafted like two, three years ago. Mac Jones comes to mind. Daniel Jones comes to mind. I know uh, Ritter is also pretty high on that list, although that's you know uh, uh, drafted a little earlier. Mike, who who do you have the most faith in, and who do you have the least faith in, and 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 why, and who do you think's in the worst spot? Um, I could as like down I for some reason fall like being from New York, follow a lot of Giants fans and like am friends with Giants fans. Yeah, just and, natural, and they are like ready to jump off a bridge. Um, and it's weird because like Dable's a good coach. The offensive line is a disaster. I will give Yeah. Them- yeah, yeah. I mean, and, 11 sacks and, is atrocious. And Daniel Jones performance was not good, but if you like, you had to put money on like, cause Matt, I think Mac Jones might be like finished. I, I think he's going to go back to like diva D Y Mac Jones. Um, and like Ritter, I mean Ritter, Ritter. Ritter had one of the most one of the most hilarious sequences at the end of the first half I've seen out of like a young quarterback last week in the London game. He threw back to back picks, like back to back passes. Threw a pick six, came back out and threw another pick another immediately. Yeah, it was. And then, and then, and it's not like the Jaguars' cornerbacks and secondary. No, yeah, no, not, not great. Yeah, and then he the. The drive after that, I think he had one completion, and then he throws a downfield shot to Mac Hollins that would have hit him in the ankles if it didn't hit the quarterbacks like between like it went through his hands. Like it should have been another interception. And he comes off the field after that drive and he goes up to Mac Hollins to dap him up, and Mac Hollins just barks at him and chases him away like a junkyard dog. It was like it was so funny. Yeah, no, like I think Ritter and and Mac Jones, you could just tell they aren't the dudes. Um, like no matter how encouraging their performances, I think Atlanta's the most frustrating because they have all the pieces. Like the offensive line's not great, but like they have every piece you need to be like a really fun offense. But that's like not like Taylor a Heineke. Shanahan. What Taylor Heineke? Yeah, exactly. Like they, I don't know why Heineke's not playing. Because Desmond Ritter clearly, like, I never understood the hype. Like, why he had one good season at Cincinnati, and good is, like, a relative term because that Mm -hmm. offense wasn't that explosive. Um, They were they played really good complimentary football, and Luke Fickle's probably a pretty good coach. Um, Like, yeah, why why was he drafted so high? And he's just – he's not a franchise sport. You you were drafting him basically to, to be a backup. Like it, yeah, and I never made sense to me. Uh, so I'll say something on on Ritter. I I haven't seen anything at all that impresses me. Um, 
and you know from a from an organization's perspective like you know Taylor Heineke is a is a baller you give him yeah. the football and he will win you some football games and he can win you enough football games to get you into the playoffs especially in a weak like underperforming um the conference is very strong but division right you can sneak in as a as a four seed because you're not in the wild card right um I, my my problem with the Mac Jones is I think he's had a worse O-line for a longer time. And I don't know if that makes 100% sense, but I feel like, to me, there's always hope with someone being coached by Bill Belichick. I know that's like a very like, oh, it's Bill Belichick, but it kind of is, right? Um, whereas, like, I think when... Like I, I was out on Daniel Jones last year. I don't know what they saw in him last year that they're not trying to get a quarterback. Oh, they definitely shouldn't have paid him. That yeah, yeah. Uh, what also shocked me was how much it seems like Dable's out too. Like hundred percent, not hiding it. Like, hey, what the hell? Pointing to his pad and then like literally like tossing it away and walking away. If your head coach does that, like you. You're 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 not playing well, and I I know he also doesn't have a great offensive line, but I feel like you can see bursts with Mac Jones. Whereas Daniel Jones, I have I've never been in a watched a game that the Giants played in where I was like, oh shit, Daniel Jones is going off. Right? There's been one or two games where I've been like, oh shit, Max Mac Jones like Ugh. the only the only Daniel Jones games that come to mind are like the Vikings playoff game last year, which he was pretty good in. And like his first start at the Bucks, like two years ago, that was that. That's it. Like I, yeah, yeah. He, I, Matt, Daniel Jones. I think if he was still on his rookie deal, you wouldn't feel as like as ne- negative about him as you do knowing he's getting paid four for one sixty. And I know, I know there's an out in that contract, but still, like the just the mere fact that they paid him is is crazy like the the pick in the end zone waller is open in, on the corner route and he throws mm-hmm. it, he, he throws it to the flat at the line of scrimmage and gets picked off and like the the cornerbacks coming out and saying like we know to hone in on his first read because he stares down his first read it's yeah. not good <laughs> it is not good um and but yeah their offensive line problems don't get better and like and really the thing for daniel jones too is like he should be able to defeat a bad offensive line somewhat now you can't do everything but like his mobility should allow him to be they should be able to move the pocket. They should be able to generate solutions that help you avoid having a bad offensive line and and a mid pass rush for Seattle. Like I if you, you know, would have but not even in the top fifty percent, I don't think I don't know there's some who, there's some I don't baller know who plays defensive end for them. And they had eleven sacks. Wild. Like I know, but I know Bobby Wagner plays for them. I know Jamal Adams is yelling at uh, neurotrauma consultants for them, which he um, just apologized for. He he released a statement like oh, twenty good. minutes ago yeah. on Twitter. Oh, he, yeah. Dude, uh, honestly, breaking news. Uh, he let me try to find it. It was just on my Twitter feed as I was like looking, but he basically said thank you to. He called him the OG, which was the neurosurgeon. He said, thank you for recognizing, like, I wasn't in a great mental state. You did everything you're supposed to do. Like, you're the reason why player safety is so important because you can tell me to, like, you know, hell no, you're not doing it, right? Or hell no, you're, like, disqualified because you're 
concussed. So it was a really good apology. I sorry, sorry for interrupting. But yeah, yeah, but it it's Wednesday. Well, he was concussed. I mean, it gave him like two <laughs> days to be like, oh shit, I was concussed. I don't know. It's Wednesday, dude. Like, yeah, that, that's there's probably that's some like bit, a, a little bit of PR in there. Like, that's uh, like a Tuesday. Yeah. Well, yeah. It it looks pretty disingenuous when the reports drop that like the NFL is considering fining or suspending him, and then all of a sudden he's like. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Like player safety. Meanwhile, he's like threatening to go drag this guy out in front of his family and beat him up in the parking lot. And this has nothing to do with Jamal Adams just being a totally undeserved diva because because he is, and like that's coming from somebody who used to root for him <laughs> for the Jets. Um, but like, I don't even care because we fleeced the the Seahawks in that trade. But like, because Jermaine Johnson came back to us in that trade, so like, I'm yeah, I'm pretty happy about that. Um, yeah, it, it's just, um, I'll, I'll give the credit where it was due. I, I think it's a sincere. Anyway, apology. we got off track. Yeah. yeah. Um, Daniel Jones, not good. I, I think Mac Jones, Mac Jones needs everything to be perfect for him to be like top 10 quarterback potential. And it's just not like, it's not happening. Uh, I yet. think, yeah, I don't think any of these guys are top 20, but yeah, I, exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, it, why are you sticking with a guy who you don't believe is going to be a top 20 quarterback in the NFL? You just, exactly. it, so to literally survive the season, I guess. Yeah. Goodbye. All of you. Uh, okay. Second topic we're going to talk about before the games. And it's kind of a two parter, but coaching roundup. Uh, you mentioned it before we started recording and I had significant objection to it. Here's why. Uh, okay. I'm talking about Ron Rivera. I am offended now that he has been called Riverboat Ron because that is a classic. You just scored a touchdown. There is literally no time left on the clock and it's you're down by one. You can go for two and win the game as a heavy underdog, or you can go kick the field goal or PAT, go to overtime and hope to win. Right. I'm not, I'm not going to talk about the fucking holding call or no call, whatever you want to call it. I don't care. Overtime happens. You got, you got to expect that. the The decision to not go for it there when your offense was humming, you just had a awesome, awesome drive down the field to tie the game, right? Beautiful passing. You got to go for it there, right? Like yes. I know I hate to nitpick, and I don't know what the mathematics about it say. Fucking go for it for two, right yeah. there. No, absolutely. You have to like you. You are on the road against the defending NFC champions, one of your biggest rivals, and you have a chance to win the game with one play. Or you can go to overtime. Now, let's explain. You, and you can you can win at their stadium for the second year in a row with you being the only team that's beat them in the regular season with Jalen Hurts starting twice. Yes. Like that's It was on the table. You could have had it. Yeah. Like, so you make – you you have one play with your offense. He said they were too tired. What the hell was it? your defense was getting smoked every time you put them out on the field in the fourth quarter? Like, I think so I heard a stat that like uh, Philly scored fourteen points on like six minutes of possession in in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it, like they had the ball uh, so the West. third quarter wasn't great either. But yeah, they you could tell the defense was rapidly getting gassed. Yeah, so like the if your offense is gassed, your your defense is gassed. Like, just go win the game <laughs> or don't. But but at least you have control of the outcome, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. And I don't think anyone judges you for going for two there. No, it's not like you were the heavy, like favorite. And you're like, Oh shit, we just came back. 
we're playing awful, but I know we're going to win in overtime. This is like you're going up against one of the best teams in the NFL and you could win the game with in one play or, you know, hope to maybe win a coin toss. Yeah, and but even then, if you win the coin toss, which you did, which he did, you just have put to the produce. same tired offense back out on the field. Correct. They have to go sixty yards. Correct. And and he, okay, so even if they don't go sixty yards, then and it's not like stop. yeah, and it's not like your defense was on the field for like oh forty seconds and they stopped them, and then the offense comes back on. No, the yeah. fucking it's you either win the game or or, or it's but over. Like, but so the only the only way that you go. The only way that you go and get the ball back and absolutely win is if you force your offense to go 60 yards instead of two to do the same thing you just did. And if you come up short at all, you're kicking a field goal. And guess what? You need to stop anyway. So if you, it, it doesn't make any sense. Like you need to, the most likely scenario is that you somehow need to stop in overtime that you couldn't get in regulation and your defense is only more tired or, or you just win the game now with your offense. That is, yeah, I think they could have figured out how to garner up enough energy and motivation and Shane Falco-esque huddle talk to get give one for the Gipper at the two-point line to try to win that game. Crazy. Yeah, and it's and you have a great downfield runner. I, I was very, very upset. It ruined the rest of my Sunday to have that like in the palm of your hand with that option. Yeah, and then I, have and it this is. And this is coming from somebody who also lost a fantasy matchup on that Jake Elliott overtime winner. Um, so I'm like twice as mad. <laughs> it's It was bad. Uh, our second half of this topic, Brandon Staley should be fired. Should have been fired two weeks ago. Like We're I said. on week seven. <laughs> week we need seven. A, I, if I had time and energy and skill, I would do a little graphic on our thing and be like, how many weeks has it been since Brandon Staley? Uh, we said he should have gotten fired, but didn't like he's on seven games in a row, making a fireable offense in the middle of a game. And he, he's that, that, that loses your team a game. Yeah. I think he's four. If I, if the numbers are right, I think he's four and three in those games. Yeah. Yeah. Very frustrating to see. It's also, you know, it's very funny to watch. And I, and like, I think, I don't know if I texted you this weekend, but I was watching the game and I was like, okay, we're due. Like, he's going to do something incredibly stupid in, in a decision that should not have been made that the analytics don't support, that rational thought doesn't support if you watch enough football. And he did. <laughs> it was beautiful. He's just, I can't, like... This this season only ends in disaster. That's the crazy part. Is like, it, it's like, it's like habitual workplace safety violations happening over and over and over again, and like and nobody's stopping them. So like, it's just so the, the only is it's going to happen. Like, there's going to be a catastrophe at some point because he keeps going. Man, I keep getting away with this. Yeah. Uh... It'll be interesting to see. Maybe we're overreacting here, but it was, I mean, we've, we've been saying this for a while. It's like, there are some decisions, man, that are just. It's going to happen. He is going, he is going to do something that is going to get him fired. Like, or like, is going to torpedo the entire Chargers season. It's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into the slate for this week. We'll start as we always do Thursday Night Football. Bears at Commanders. Uh, Bears are six point underdogs, uh, and the over under is forty four and a half. Uh, I'll start here. 
I mean, Washington's got to be the play, right? I I pay you. Um, not your pick this game. Um, yeah, I, I think so. I like the Bears are in complete disarray. It's a short week. Matt Eberflus has been asked more about Chase Claypool and his own job security than anything that's happening on the football field. Um, but it just like. I don't know. Chicago was frisky in some of these spots last year. I actually, I think the play is probably the over, but the value there is already gone. Um, yeah, it has shot I think up this, a little bit. I think this has the potential to be like a fun primetime game in the fact that like in the sense of that they're going to score a lot of points um, or like defenses are going to luck into turnovers. And, and like this has the potential to be a wacky game. Um I I think Washington wins no matter what. Whether they cover six, I think they do. But I, I I'm completely off of it. I lean just the over. Um, but yeah, I, I I think Washington wins. I like Chicago is just dead in the water. Yeah. Um, and like that was their best chance at like a a good win. Not even a good win. Uh, like a win that they can feel good about. Uh moving forward last week and they blew it in the fourth quarter. Um, so they just have, they have nothing to hang their hats on. And, and like they, I wouldn't be surprised if Chicago just comes out and is completely defeated. And this like the, the team starts to implode. Um, but yeah, I, the commanders are like, if you're talking about a spread play, they are, I'm, I'm totally off this game. I'm just going to hate watch it, I guess. I like. I don't think the commanders are necessarily that bad. It's just like they don't. I don't see them having like a greatest show on turf. Like, wow, this game is fun because Washington looks unbelievable. Sort of. I I, I think this is going to be a blowout. I really do. I I'm Not just biased mad- at all. <laughs> a little biased, but uh, you know, it, think about this. Justin Fields and his O-line is trying to protect on short week when they just had a very demoralizing loss, a defense of line that has Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, and Chase Young. Like, there's there's a world in which, <laughs> you know, the commanders kind of shut out the Bears. Justin Fields is a very mobile quarterback, but Washington was very good at containing Like, they play two games a year against a very mobile quarterback. They're, they know how to game plan against it. Jack Del Rio is actually very good at focusing on containing the quarterback, for the most part. The, the Bills game got away from him. Um, but I think, I think Justin Fields is going to have a very tough time against a very good Washington defense, and I think that kind of compounds, you know, Sam Howell probably comes out fired up at home in his first real primetime game starter. Um, and I, I think he – hopefully he doesn't try to do too much, but I could see this being a very lopsided competition, to be honest with you. Chicago's giving up 34 points per game. And Washington with enemy can easily find 34. 30, 30, 34. Yeah, 34. It, and, and I, this is my solemn promise. I will jump off of a two-story building, so it hurts, <laughs> but it doesn't kill me. Uh, if the Bears are able to put up thirty-four points on the Commanders, but like the crazy part, thirty—it's thirty-four points per game, and three of those four games are the Packers, Bucks, and Broncos. Yeah, I would say Washington's offense is better than two of those. Yeah. 
that's just that's like i yeah i i think that's like the that's such a bad stat anyway uh yeah i don't have anything else i no, like i don't either i, I think I, I yeah i could totally see a world where washington completely shuts down uh justin fields in this game just like a a smothering too but i i'm hoping for entertainment's sake that this is a fun blowout not a sad blowout. yeah maybe it might be a fun blowout it might be a fun i'm not saying it won't be i'm yeah. saying i just think it's gonna be a blowout. all right uh the early morning slate let's call it on sunday uh, eight thirty a.m. or nine thirty a.m. Uh, Eastern Time. Jaguars at Bills. Jags are plus five and a half. Uh, over unders forty eight. I'm just gonna roll through the whole one p.m. slate here. Uh, Giants at Dolphins. Dolphins are ten and a half point favorites. Over unders forty eight and a half. Uh, Saints at Pats. I'm seeing it split both ways. It's a pick 'em essentially. Over unders forty. Uh, Ravens Steelers. Ravens are only four point favorites. Uh. And the over-under is 38. Panthers at Lions. Panthers are 10-point underdogs. Uh, Over-under is 44.5. Texans at Falcons. Texans are 1.5-point underdogs away. Over-under is 41. Uh, Titans at Colts is the last one of the slate. Uh, Titans are 1.5-point favorites. And the over-under is 42.5. Mike, you you just throw out whatever your whatever whatever picks you got, and then uh, I'll, I'll throw in some input if uh, if I have something contrary. Okay, um, Houston money line plus. I love it. I love plus it. Plus one hundred six. Um, I love it. Yeah, uh, I yeah I don't know how you could watch that Atlanta like the the standalone game last week in London and think that um, Atlanta is going to win this game. Like CJ Stroud's been great and and maybe this is like a sorry, um a come to earth game for him. and Atlanta beat two young quarterbacks to start the season with uh Bryce Young and Jordan Love going to Atlanta. But there's a very limited game script that allows Atlanta to win and it's when they're ahead and they can run the football and control the clock and I just but D'Amico's a good coach. Like they're they're much more, and they're getting healthier. Like the offensive line for um, Houston is getting healthier. They've been without both starting tackles, and Kenyon Green went down, who's one of their guards. So as they get healthier, the Texans are only going to get better. I mm-hmm. it's just I can't look at what Ritter did last week. They're coming back from London. I know the game's at home, but like. Atlanta's bad, man, and Houston's sneaky good. And this, like, I, yeah, I was very impressed this year with how well they are performing despite the severe lack of talent on some parts of the of, of the roster. Yeah, and because it's it's a road game, it's less than a field goal. I like, um, if you like it at minus one and a half, or sorry, if you like the the Texans at plus one and a half, just take the juice and take a money line. Um, exactly. So yeah, I. Plus one hundred six uh, is what I see right now. Um, that's that's the play for me. Um, uh, anything else on that game? Uh, no, I no, I, I, yeah, the Falcons stink. That's all I got. <laughs> um, I'm taking the Ravens minus three and a half. Um, I know that they only beat the the 
Bengals by three on the road. And I think that's why most of the cash is on Pittsburgh here is because of the field goal hook. Well, but, it's it's confusing to me because Pittsburgh got dog walked. Yeah, and Kenny Pickett's banged up. Like, and if he's banged up, they're going to go to Trubisky. And I get the games in Pittsburgh. I get this is a vicious rivalry, but these are not the same Steelers. Like, Matt, I, I think the Yinzers might kill Matt Canada on the field. Um, it, like, it's there. You want to talk about an underrated uh, franchise and disarray sort of team? Yeah, like, Steelers. We're going to have George Pickens cryptic tweets, like, I'm sure within the next couple weeks. Fryermuth was, I think, is banged up. They don't have Deontay Johnson. Yeah, they've got two good ends, but Baltimore has Lamar. And, Balt- and like, Odell and, and Bateman are back at practice. They, like, Baltimore's only getting healthier, and they're only getting better. And they just dominated the best defense in football through the first four weeks uh, on the road, right? That game was in Cleveland? Yeah. Yeah. Like, this schedule for Baltimore seems like it's a lot more difficult up front than it is throughout the back half of the season because of all these games. Yeah, they finish. Like, they've got to go to the 49ers on Christmas. That's their – very tough. That's tough. But besides that, like, the the end of the season, they get the Dolphins at home. They get the Steelers at home. Uh, Like, you know, their – most of their home division games are in the back half of the year. So – as they get healthier, this team's going to look better and better. I'm I'm a big believer in the Ravens this year, so give me the Ravens uh, with the or even laying the points on the road. I this just feels like Lamar is it really has command of every single game he's played in, and I just I don't see how. I get it. Pittsburgh is a good pass rush, but I don't see how they contain him well enough. Baltimore's probably just going to come out and try to run the football and then run it and run it and run it and run it and. I don't know if Pittsburgh can stop them. Um, I don't think they can. I mean, unless that D-line has an amazing day uh, and they can contain Lamar like to the fullest, uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah, the money's against this here, but like I don't, I don't really get why. Um, I'm going to take uh, Indy minus one at home against Tennessee. This is like law of inverses for Tennessee on a thousand. Um, like. Indy lost a tough home game against the Rams. The Rams are pretty good, but Richardson looked great. Um, the Colts' offense is pretty good. They've competed. They're they beat the Ravens on the road, so like they have potential. And Tennessee is completely bipolar, and they're way different on the road than they are at home. Um, so this is just like Rabel comes back to earth. Indianapolis plays up for this game, and they win it by. Uh, you know, I think they win it maybe by two scores, possibly. Um, I like, and, and this is the opposite. You know, minus one. I'll take the minus one because I effectively get you know money line at minus one ten as opposed to uh, like minus one twenty eight. So, uh, so yeah, I yeah, give me uh, Indy minus one. Um, and I think yeah, that I believe is all I have. The one that I will say is like we were, you and I were both all over the Bills. Um, with the Dolphins coming off the 70-point performance. That was, like, the easiest play of all time. Like, I, I don't know, because I was thinking about it more today. I think it was in the gym, and I was like, if you took Miami, and I don't know why I was thinking about this in the gym, but, like, if you took, if you saw Miami put up 70, and then you were like, oh, the the Dolphins are plus two and a half on the road. Like, got to take them. Like, they just put up 70. But you still get nothing there because they still, 
like even if they if if Buffalo wins by a field goal, you still lose. So like you had the only way that you were getting any like value on Miami was if they win the game. So I like Buffalo minus two and a half last week was the easiest play I, I think we've had probably this year. Um and so along those lines, I would if this game weren't in London, I would be all over Jacksonville. Like I, it, this would just be like flip the flip the laws completely around. Jacksonville is a decent team coming off like a confidence building performance. Buffalo goes down to Jacksonville where they always like lay an egg the past couple of years when they play down there. Um, it would have been a perfect spot to just be like, yep, saw a Buffalo dominating performance. They're due to lay an egg. Jacksonville hit it. And but this game's in London, so that throws some things off. You could say it should be more in Jacksonville's favor because they've been there all week and Buffalo has to go there. But um, I, I just weird, weird situation. Yeah, I was going to say that that did stand out to me. I did think about betting the Jags for that reason. I, what I'm going with uh, actually is um, one you didn't have. I'm going to go Dolphins minus 10 and a half here against the Giants. One of these teams is a bounce bag team, and it's not the Giants. <laughs> Dolphins are going to come out swinging. Ten and a half points is so much in professional football, especially with the uh, half half uh, score kicker. But the the Dolphins are going to come out firing. They're going to try and prove themselves. And the Giants, man, looked like they were in complete disarray. Um, it seems like Daniel Jones is probably one bad, one more bad game performance. I think from from maybe even not starting a game or two. Uh, whereas the, the Dolphins are going to look to to kind of bounce back here against a bad team, not in prime time, at home, get it right, and and I think you're going to see it. I think you'll see the Dolphins do what the Bills did last week to the Giants. I The only reason I'm nervous is because if we still think Dave Ball is a good coach, they get away from the noise of being at home. They go on the road. Miami's defense has not been particularly overwhelming. It's a Vic Fangio defense, so like Dayball should yeah. be pretty familiar with it. They don't have elite, like they don't have the. The Giants have bad skill position players, as specifically receiver, but Miami doesn't have their elite corners healthy right now, and so I could just see a world where like this is a Dayball rallies the troops and like the. If Jalen Phillips doesn't play again, the pass rush isn't as daunting. Like they keep teams off balance. I hope Saquon doesn't play because I don't think he's going to be healthy. Um, but I just like I, I I agree. I think like all common sense in the world says take Miami. This just it feels like everyone is on Miami, and this could be a game where like Dable does Dable things, and they, even if they lose by a score, like by seven he still covers. So that's just, that that's throwing me off a bit there. Well, we will find out. I'm excited to see, uh, next slate, the afternoon slate, uh, bangles are minus three at the Cardinals over unders 44 and a half. Eagles are four and a half point favorites against the Rams. Uh, Rams are at home over under is 50 and a half. The chiefs face the Vikings at Vikings. Chiefs are four point favorites over under is 52 and a half and then back to back Broncos fun but interestingly dog shit games Jets at Broncos uh Broncos are one and a half point favorites wow uh and then the over <laughs> is 43 and a half that'll probably give away that pick but um 
Mike, what do you got for the slate? Uh, I've got two plays. Um, the I'm taking Arizona plus three. I just I need to see the Bengals be the Bengals. Like that's just that's what this is. Like Joe Burrow is clearly not Joe Burrow. Their offense isn't throwing the ball more than four yards downfield. He's not mobile, so they he, he has no escapability. T. Higgins is probably out with a broken rib. Like they're they're in about as bad a situation as they can be in, and they're just gonna try to keep digging with Burrow at quarterback. And I just like I I, I think Burrow will figure it out eventually, but like until I see it, I need to work off the assumption that they're going to be one of the worst offenses in the NFL and their defense isn't dominant enough to keep them in these games. And Arizona, as we've said, the one thing that they're doing consistently every week is playing hard. And that feels like a recipe for disaster for the Bengals going across the country on the road in a late slate game that they're probably not really interested in playing. Like I think, I think the Bengals might just, fold before the bye week and just say new season in week seven like we're just gonna we are just gonna start over um so i just i think there's a chance that they just have another snoozer of a performance and so you're giving me home juice with arizona i kind of feel like i gotta take it like maybe burrow finds a way to win but that's gonna be a tight game and so giving a field goal like you know a little bit of a push potential there um, I'll take that too. Uh, so yeah, I, I like Arizona in, in this spot. Also, uh, record last week, six and one. So if you listen to the college football podcast before this, you know, I went, I had a horrible week on college football last week. Uh, considerably better. If Mahomes doesn't slide inside the five, I would have had an undefeated. Oh, that broke me. Oh, yeah. that was, that was so bad. So, uh, 19, nine and one, uh, on the year 67% hit rate. Uh, and up seven and a half units. So pretty good. Um, uh, so yeah, when I drive to Virginia to place legal wagers this week, uh, it will be Arizona plus three will be on the card. Anything? Uh, I have, uh, what was it? I'm taking the Jets uh, plus one and a half for this slate. I don't have anything for the Bengals Cardinals. Oh I, yeah, no, that's what I meant. The only other yeah. play I had was Jets. Broncos. So oh, uh, perfect. Yeah, I know. I don't have anything. For, I, I, I'm curious to see how Burrow plays. I don't love that it's the Bengals and this could be the week that it just clicks. You know what I mean? Like that would always be in the back of my head. But I agree with you. Cardinals are frisky because they're trying like they're the team hasn't given up. They're at home with with points like, yeah, I 100 percent. I mean, unless the Bengals figure it out right with an injured Burrow, which I, I doubt they do. Yeah. Uh Jets Broncos. Yeah, Jets plus one and a half. What 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 is this? Um I think this is like the Russell house. Wilson what Russell Wilson threw a back a literal backwards pass last week. No, that was Deshaun Watson. Oh was oh fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, my maybe mind. the funniest pass I've ever seen. It was a it was a nine yard incompletion directly backwards. Uh one of the funniest passes ever, but um, well, my brain just associated that play with Russell Wilson. So I, th- I, I was, know. I was, I th- he did something else in the in yeah. last week's I, game. Like to me, here's the logic: like the only reason that Denver sh- is favored in this game because it's a home game, and they people consider the Zach Wilson performance an outlier, not the truth. Um, I 
I don't know. I I would tend to agree with that just because I'm like the most pessimistic Jets fan you'll ever meet. So I would tend to agree that like everybody, everybody's saying Zach Wilson, here he comes like playing the worst defense in the history of people throwing a pigskin around. Um, Like he's due for a big week. Um, I, there's per, I see a perfect chance for like another, the Jets should have won this game and Zach Wilson just played like crap. Now, I will say this is the closest NFL home game to Utah. So Zach Wilson playing <laughs> as close as he'll be to his mom's friends. Uh, so there is that. <laughs> and Dude. Sierra's a mom. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My takeaway... Yeah, go on. Sorry. Uh, no, sorry. I'm not. I'm not taking the Jets. I'm not taking the bait. Um, I'm taking the over because I think that okay. if you if you think that Zach Wilson has somewhat of a performance in this game, then over 43 feels like a better spot to take it than uh, than necessarily taking the Jets because there's still a chance that he finds a way to lose this game. Um, the Jets defense hasn't been dominant. They've been good again, especially against the pass. But they've given up, I think, 135 yards or more rushing to the last three opponents. Um, And that's just, like, here's part of the problem for the Jets. There's one formula to win with Zach Wilson, is get ahead, put other teams in negative game scripts, and that allows your dominant pass rush and your secondary to go win, to go smother the other team. And Zach Wilson is not under pressure to continue to like have to throw, you can mix in his throws and he'll be a lot more comfortable. He'll, he'll get a lot more man coverage, a lot more open looks, play action will work better. Like that's the recipe to victory. The Jets have spotted the opposing team like 10 points in the first quarter of the last three games. And so you just can't keep doing that with a quarterback who's struggling for confidence and expect to win. It's just not, that's not the formula. Luckily, the Broncos have been the worst first half team the last two weeks period. And one of the worst ever. So this is the, this is the week for the jets. If, if that recipe is going to pay off in a big way, honestly, I think if the jets get ahead, I don't think this over hits because I think the jets defense is going to put Russell Wilson on his ass more than he'll be standing up. And I think there's a potential for like a Russ implosion game where he throws like four picks. Um, but yeah, so so that was kind of my logic behind this pick. I I genuinely think the Jets. De- I mean, like offense issues aside, the Jets' defense is still very good. And if Russ Wilson has a bad time against, you know, mediocre ish teams, you know, he's had a horrible time when good defenses show up uh, this year. So I, you know, I could see him being forced out of the pocket, you know, and then you're throwing to you know Sauce or you know some of the secondary, I think he could have easily two or three turnovers uh, from the Jets defense. And I think that's what kind of led me to think, you know, I'll probably take a money line to be honest, plus plus one ten. Yeah. That's I like, I, I don't know that I necessarily love this. The only thing is if these teams stay relatively close and that's me not trusting the Jets to be able to get up relatively big, then I think that's how you get to this over is like, you know, I think Commanders is like Commanders Broncos is a similar spot with a less capable quarterback for the Jets, where like 
Commanders ended up winning 35-33 in a game you probably would have guessed would have been like 20 to or 24-20. Like I, yeah. I I bet you the total in that game was like 42 and it they hit 68. Like this this not necessarily I'm not saying it's going to go that high, but I think if this game is played relatively close it goes over just because, you know, each team stumbles into a couple touchdowns and then you end up at like you know, 24-21, 27-24, something like that. Um that's my logic behind the over. I like it. I like it. All right, we'll move on to our last uh, primetime slate at the end of the week. This one's going to be great. Uh, Cowboys at 49ers. Uh, the over-under is 45. Cowboys are three-and-a-half-point underdogs. Uh, and then we also have Packers at Raiders. Uh, over-under is 44-and-a-half. Packers are one-point favorites. Um Let's just talk about them both, Mike, for Cowboys. I mean, this is going to be a great game. Cowboys, 49ers. What do you like? Um, so for for the primetime windows, uh, I'm on both favorites. I I think this is going to be – this We're might be like a San, game? a San Fran, like, ass whooping. Um, Dallas, like, they have been blessed to have played three – like, we just talked about them. Three – three very like who might be give upable quarterbacks for their three wins. They they dominated the Giants, they dominated the Jets, and they dominated the um Patriots and most of those performances were defensive against quarterbacks who are prone to turning the ball over. Brock Purdy does not turn Brock Brock Purdy threw one incomplete pass last week. And it was inc- it, he had an incredible performance. And it this just feels like like San Francisco is going to pack this game. It is going to be an a, a pretty electric atmosphere, and this feels like a Kyle Shanahan is going to pull out his bag. And this feels like a game where which defense do you trust more to show up in this spot? It is not Dallas. Nope. As good as Dallas has been this year, they like they looked very pedestrian against the Cardinals, and. San Francisco, San Francisco's defense has been giving up points, but they've been giving up points to teams they play multiple times a year. They give they they give up a lot of points to um, the Rams, and they give up a lot of points to the Cardinals. But those games were also very much in hand the entire way. So the pressure was on that defense to perform less than it normally is. And Dallas's offense just hasn't had to be like had to go win them a game. And the only time that they had to try to get them back in a game, they couldn't do it. So I just like, I think this is Dallas sees exactly how far they are from an NFC title in this game. Uh, three and a half is like just not enough for me. I, I really like San Francisco in this game. I would be shocked, shocked if Dallas won. I I'm I'm right there with you. So I've look, I think we kind of, because it's Dallas, people get high on Dallas way too quick. And when you talk about the performance of the of the quarterbacks, the offenses that they were playing that they crushed, like yeah, you you beat the Giants forty to nothing. They're pretty pedestrian, like they're pretty anemic at times, as we have seen. They didn't score for the first six quarters of play that they had all year. Um, and I think similarly, the Forty Niners. I don't think have really given ground anywhere that made me think like, Oh, they might not be it. Right. Um, where I think we're also like, we're approaching the, the time when bad Dak can have a really big performance and, and that 
that seems like a perfect time to do it against a, a key NFC matchup. So I agree with you. I'm 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 all over the 49ers in this one. In those in those three games that they played against really bad teams. So they scored 40 against the, the Giants. That included two defensive touchdowns. So their offense scored was it 26. Um they scored two defensive touchdowns against New England. So their offense scored 24. Uh, they scored 16 against the Cowboys, and they scored 30 against the Jets. But in the Jets, the Jets game, they had three picks and a fumble recovery. So they scored 38 points with four turnovers. So, like, the the offense has not been what it needs to be to go into, a San, into San Francisco and beat maybe the best team in the NFL. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, all right, last game of the week, Monday Night Football, Packers at Raiders. Packers are one-point favorites. I straight up have no idea why this is not a three-point line. I That's that's why I took it at two. I, yeah. like, that's, why, and that's why I took it. That's why I put it on the card. That's why I'm going to go put it in Virginia. Like, I that, two... To me, doesn't make like three and a half would make a lot of sense. The, yeah. the Raiders, yeah, I think three and a half. Green Bay Packers, very good offense, somewhat anemic defense at times. Fifty-fifty. Raiders, not good team. Yeah, and I mean, like you could say, all right, the Raiders are at home. They've got two good ends. Green Bay's defensive line looked horrendous in the first half against the Lions last week on Thursday night. Green Bay also had the mini buy to scheme against this Raiders defense that outside of its defensive ends is not very good. Um, and LaFleur, I think, is a pretty good play caller who has really opened it up without Rodgers there. And so I, like to me, the, the, the one path to victory here is if they really just eat Jordan Love alive from a pressure rate standpoint. And if Green Bay allows that to happen with like a week and a half off, that's just abysmal. So I like, and there are like the, the Raiders is O'Connell going to start again, or is it Garoppolo? If it's, if it's Aiden O'Connell again, like what makes you think that Aiden O'Connell is going to win this game? Like it, um, I would have no idea. It it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and I, I, I don't really understand why this line is where it is either. Um, Vegas doesn't really seem to have an idea. The tickets are tickets and cash are pretty much 50 50. Um, I just, I, I feel like this is one where like I'm sort of like, am I crazy or is Green Bay just like a, maybe a touchdown better team? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm confused about why this line is where it is. And, and, because I think that the Packers are good. No, do you not? Do we not think yeah, the Packers think are good? I think they're good. I think they're like an average to above I, average. I, I, yeah, and I hate saying it because like I I love to bust my buddy's chops because he's a big Packers fan. But like they played well against Detroit. They got close but important wins uh, in, in Chicago and New Orleans. Right, that ch- Chicago game. It kind of crept back a little at the end, but like Packers are doing well. They're dominating their division. Like I just don't see why against an anemic Raiders team that they are at all less than a three point favorite. 
Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to find if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to play. Um, I he, am not seeing. Let's go to. It says injuries. he's still in the protocol. So even if he is, this doesn't make me think any differently about this game. Yeah, like exactly. It's like there's there's nothing that and it, whether or not he plays is immaterial. And even if he even if like Green Bay like we talk about game scripts a lot, right? So the games, the the winning formula for the Raiders is to get up, run the football, play balanced offense and, and put pressure on the quarterback out of these two offenses, which one is more likely to be able to come back in a game. The one that already did it at home against the saints and nearly did it at home against the lions or the Vegas Raiders who haven't done it against anybody, um, including at home against Pittsburgh and last week at the Raiders or at the Chargers in what was effectively a home game because the Raiders probably have more fans in LA than the Chargers. So like, yeah, I, I, I don't know why this is where it is. Well, it should be a fun matchup regardless because uh, it's Monday night football. Another, uh, good, another good uniform matchup. In, yeah. Another good uniform matchup. We had, the, uh, we had Monday night, Two weeks ago when it was Pittsburgh's away unis, which are crisp at the Raiders, and we get the same thing again this week, but with the Packers. Basically and, very similar. So yeah. Should be fun. Last week's Monday night football was great too. Well, that's been our show. Uh I'm Alex. That's Mike. Thank you for listening. Like and subscribe.